Hello and welcome back to the 23rd episode of the Highside News Podcast. This week we have plenty to discuss from the action from last weekend's BSB Racing at Cadwell Park to the action towards uh, the upcoming weekend for the MotoGP race at Catalonia. As per usual, I am joined by Dawn and Jack Hammersley. Good afternoon, Jack. How are you, mate? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. So, for everyone who may not know or has only just started listening, Jack is a MotoGP esports rider for Red Bull KTM Factory Racing. And last weekend was the start of your esports championship, Jack. How about you take it away and tell us all about your your weekend? Yeah, um, I had three races. The first one was currently described as a complete disaster. Uh, I had probably one of the worst starts you can get which wasn't down to me, it was down to the game, unfortunately. And I finished, despite having the fastest lap and having the fastest pace out of everyone, I finished last. But in the second race, um, fueled with the disappointment of the first one, I made sure to pull out all the stops and won my first ever esports race by two seconds, which is quite a big margin in esports. And then in the third race, for once, actually was leading out the first sector, which I don't think I've ever done. Um in esports before but unfortunately it was just one of those races where for whatever reason the bike and myself just couldn't gel and I was making a few mistakes here and there thanks to some problems I was experiencing and eventually crashed but we mounted to seventh so I'm currently third in the championship 16 points from the top so I'm happy with it's the best it's the best and worst I've ever done in terms of consistency <laughs> but results at the same time so I think the second round, it's just going to be about consolidating the the pace and making sure I do a much better job and securing top five finishes in all the races. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you ultimately, sort of, how would you rate your weekend out of ten? Obviously, you got that first race win that you were desperate for last yeah. week, and there were a few other mistakes that happened. So, how you know, out of ten, where would you rank it? Probably a six. If it was just the race, race. If it was just the races, no sprints, I'd probably give it an eight. Okay. But the sprint, just if it, if you went on bit pace, I'd give it a nine because pace wise, I was probably the strongest of all the the tracks. But uh, but race race position wise, I it brings it down to a six because it's something I wasn't too happy with at the end at the end of it. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you as well because I, I watched all the three races while they were happening. Obviously, Catalonia was. By far, your, your strongest one is that just a track that you enjoy in the games? Because I know in games, in the games, there's sort of like the tracks you like, and then there's a few where you like just don't get along with it. So is that one yeah. that you just get along with? Yeah, I think it just naturally suits my riding style. You really long hanging corners. It's all about managing the throttle, and I feel like that's one of my biggest strengths. And it, I, I didn't feel like I was doing anything extraordinary, but I think I was just doing everything so well that. I was extracting the best lap time possible compared to everybody else who was running wide a little bit here and there and just wasn't fully fine-tuned compared to my feeling around the place. And finally, before we move on, that wheelie across the line in Catalonia, <laughs> was that under control or was there a slight moment there where you thought, I'm going down across the line? Uh, I, if I was going to crash, it was going to be due to the autopilot. I, I felt pretty confident that... Um, I could have gone the entire way down that straight on one wheel. 
I don't think I would have ended up on my backside, but uh, I guess we'll never know. Because uh, I think it was it was Kiko on commentary. I think yeah. at the point who thought you were going down for sure. Um, his reaction. Yeah, it would have been but, funny if I crashed. Yeah, that would have been one hell of a way to celebrate your first yeah. esports victory. But uh, no, well done, mate. In all seriousness. Uh, it was very impressive at Catalonia race and hopefully it continues for the rest of the season for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Dawn? I don't know how you're going to sort of match that, speaking about <laughs> winning an esports race, but how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. My <laughs> um, nerves are settled now. He's done his first round and got his first win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were watching along as well as the... Oh, as yes. The... Yeah. Um, Obviously, over onto the the BSB side of things, it was announced in the last few days that Jason O'Halloran would be joining the FS3 Kawasaki squad for next season, replacing Lee Jackson. We slightly talked about it just before we started, but how do you think, sort of, did you expect this move for Jason or has this sort of come out of nowhere for you? No, it's come out of nowhere really because I think so many people they thought Honda perhaps, or they were convinced that OMG were going to run three bikes. Now, I, I didn't really think that. And, you know, I couldn't imagine them getting rid of Carl Ride or Ryan Vickers either. So I didn't really know, but it has been a shock. I don't think anybody would have put FS3 Cheshire Moulding to Kawasaki for Jason's move. Yeah, especially where, well, like you said, with uh, you couldn't see OMG getting rid of Vickers or Ride. I couldn't see... Um, FS3 getting rid of Jackson or Cook. Cook's this young prodigy they've got yeah. and Jackson seemed to be you know, he's holding it down, he's getting good results what is he, 5th or 6th in the championship at the moment, so it you know, it's not been a bad season at all for him and obviously he will be departing at the end of the year and I guess now the question goes to where's Lee Jackson off to for, for next season, because he's too good to be dropped from British Superbikes altogether Jack do you think Jason to um, Kawasaki will be a good fit for him and the team? Or how do you see it sort of ending up? Uh, I feel like in terms of similarities, I think he's picked the most Yamaha-ish bike he could have gone to that isn't a Yamaha because Kawasaki is very front-end. The only problem I've got in mind is that Kawasaki sort of in a stage where they, they're not progressing. So... And we've seen how big of a leap the Ducatis have made from last year. And I don't know how much lap time can be extracted and improved on, but I feel like just in the development sense, I don't think it makes the greatest amounts of sense because nobody really knows what Kawasaki can bring in terms of development. But I feel like for Jace's riding style and he's getting on, he's getting to the latter stages of career and he needs a bike that he's going to be somewhat familiar too, so I think a, a Kawasaki handling-wise is probably the best option. Yeah, I think I look this up every time we discuss Jason, and I never remember that. He's 35 years old now. I did see, again, I think I said this last week, one of the most sort of social media, uh, gets a load of stick on social media, Jason. Don't really get why. Um, and I saw a lot of people saying that um, they should have gone for someone younger to bring into the sport instead of going for Jason. And I think really, if someone like O'Halloran is available, you go for it. If you're SF, 
FS3 Kawasaki. Um, obviously, you know, a shame that Lee Bob's going because everyone seems to like Lee Jackson. I can see why. But, you know, he's there. And if he's willing to ride your bike, you take him. Because, what is he, third in the championship at the moment? You're not going to, third or fourth? You're fourth. not going to. Yeah, you're not gonna turn that down if if you're them. So, you know, I, I see why he's gone there, and best of luck to the the pairing of them. And hopefully, it'll be a good season for them next year. Um, obviously, Max Cook staying. Could could see that coming. Very good rookie year from from Max so far. Uh, sat out of the Cadwell Park round this weekend. Um, he picked up a slight knock in the test, didn't he? Just yeah. before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, think he, I think he crashed at the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, because Danny Buchan, another rider who sat out of the Cadwell Park round because he picked up concussion and rightly so had to, to sit out. So those two on the mend as well and will most likely be back for Alton Park. But let's go straight into the, the superbike racing from Cadwell. And I think none of us predicted this, but the standout rider has to be Glenn Irwin from the weekend two race wins a second place um brings back his championship challenge now he was 26.5 points behind bridewell coming into the weekend he's now 14.5 points behind tommy jack what did you make of of glenn's weekend really other than the final race where tommy beat him it was a near perfect showing from glenn yeah it was very impressive he showed good racecraft and I feel like the sprint race, he probably shouldn't have won it on pure pace. That should have been Ryan or Kyle. But just due to Glenn making the most of the Ducati's strengths, he got the job done and won. And I think it was a very important victory. And it, um, I would say it swung the momentum, but I feel like race three has probably changed that now. But uh, And then Glenn improved the bike for race two and... I feel like like it was just a it was like the Glen of Knock Hill and um, he looked just really strong and showed uh, he's still in this fight for a championship and still wants it. Yeah, because Dawn before last weekend and before Fruxton really as well, it looked like this was Tommy's championship. Tommy was this different rider. He's gonna win it. Sort of, it's nailed on. It's his now at this point. But Glen over the last two rounds has slowly pulled him in on points. Do you think now with three rounds to go and the point system changing, we'll see more of a battle between the PBM boys? Oh, definitely, for sure. And the Alton Park's going to be an interesting one because Tommy's got really good form around there. So I think it could end up like a private battle between those two, definitely. It's going to be an exciting round. Yeah, they've both won a race already this season at Alton Park. Yeah. So I think it's going to... um, Actually, at Alton Park's... At the early stage of the season, Glenn came away with more points. So I think it's going to be an interesting one to see between those two how it's going to go down. But they'll definitely be up at the front together fighting for it. I think now the likes of Carride and O'Halloran and Haslam may be battling for third at best, potentially. Um, well, it takes a one DNF. Yeah, I I was thinking that with the new point system. Obviously, it's it's all changing from eighteen points for a win up to to twenty five again, but second place and that has changed as well. Uh, yeah, maybe can't write out Ryder and O'Halloran just yet, throwing their names in there, I guess. But I think if all goes well, it'll be the PBM boys towards the end of the season now. Um, <laughs> yeah which one of them and 
there's normally the the PBM clash on track. You normally get the teammates falling out at some point, and I don't think they haven't gone down together yet this season. So I hope they're not saving it for Brands Hatch. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say for those two. But no, they they are still delivering good racing, and well, Cadwell Park always does as well. Um, I guess we got to mention we've got we've got to mention Car Ride as well. Came away well, came to Cadwell Park a bit like Knock Hill earlier on in the season and said, "This is one of my bogey tracks. I don't expect much here." Uh, you know, I never really go well at Cadwell, and has left <laughs> Cadwell Park with two second places and a fourth place. Jack, what did you make of of Kyle? Because we said it a couple of weeks back now that during the latter stages of the season, Kyle's form drops off, but it looks like he's found some momentum again. Yeah, I mean, it, from the like the I can't remember which session it was. It might have been the practice session or the first free practice um, where I saw Kyle's lap time, and it was like already better than anything he did last season, and he just seemed that for a reason he just clicked with the place and. I feel like he's really made a good step and he's turning it on when he, when it's really needed and he's still got a fighting chance. So Alton, again, is not one of his strongest, but he did a good job there in May. So we'll have to just wait and see if he can improve that. But Alton in at this part of the year usually is a quite a mixed weekend like it was in May as well. So we just have to wait and see who... Is the strongest in possibly mixed conditions. Yeah, just looking at earlier results from uh, Home Park actually, and it's one that Jason was want to forget because I forgot how poor of a round he had earlier on the season, and he picking up six points. Dawn staying with the Yamaha side of things. Uh, Jason O'Halloran wasn't uh, an awful weekend for him uh, at Cadwell. One visit onto the podium in race two, where he got third place. Uh, obviously, couldn't quite reach his heights from Fruxton. It obviously, was going to be hard to beat that. But do you think he'll be sort of happy with his weekend to continue decent form? Yeah, because he he was he looked fast, and to me, sometimes I felt that um, in a couple of races he ran out of laps. I think if there'd have been a few more laps to the race, he'd have been on the podium. So I think he'll come away from Cadwell feeling good. Yeah, especially, you know, like, well, I just mentioned Alton maybe a track that he uh, wants to forget from earlier on in the year, but there's some yeah. wrongs he needs to right there. He got his first win of the season at Donington, which is after Alton. So, you know, yeah. there are tracks where he goes well coming up and a, another good chance for him to pick up a, a lot more points towards the latter end of the season. Um, See, so Leon Haslam was one going into the weekend that I personally, after our chat last week, Jack, thought he'd do a little bit better. And I think he thought he would do better than he did. He was on pole for two of the three races, was it? I think he was... Yeah, yeah snatched it off him in the actual qualifying session. Yeah. Do you Did you expect more from Leon than just the, the one third place visit to the podium? Well, he sort of got taken out of the first one due to a technical issue. Um, but I felt I feel like the BMWs in in a situation at the moment where they're just lacking something, and also the uh, that Haslam spike and FH shows are a little bit different in the the sh- uh, I don't know what the uh, what the actual differences are, but Haslam's got the twenty twenty two version, they've got the twenty three version. I don't know if they have the same engines or whatever, but obviously they've got different um, fairings. 
So I'm assuming aerodynamically things are a little bit different. But it just seems like the BMW is just out of the window at the moment at these circuits. Yeah, because, I mean, another rider saying about BMW being out at the moment, Peter Hickman is one that you think about who'd have good results at Cadwell. And I know he's been having, by Peter Hickman's standards, a poor season. Uh, What was he finished? Ninth. Um, Just trying to find him in race... Was he in? DNF'd in race two and 10th in race three. So do you think Jacket purely is just the BMW now sort of coming towards the end of the season there, just sort of dropping off? Because even Brooks is experiencing the same thing. Yeah, I think Leon's probably the one who's just more willing to take that risk. And maybe just maybe the 2022 package just maybe just suits the the tracks a bit more because they got more data. And they knew, and they found the really good window from last year, compared to the twenty twenty three, where they're still trying to add new parts, still trying to discover the bike. But I feel like BMW is just on the back foot compared to the the other manufacturers at the moment. Do you think going to Alton it will change for Josh since how well he did there earlier on in the season? I don't know because ultimately Alton he didn't actually have the, in the race he won he didn't actually have the fastest pace but he just got he got a good qualifying got to the front and um, controlled the pace well whereas in the other two races he just lacked a little something so we'll have to wait and see because Alton Park in May was quite slow to what I was expecting especially compared to last uh, three seasons so hopefully if it's a fully dry weekend we should be back to a a faster pace, and then we'll see who's got the best uh, package. But I'm expecting, I expect the BMWs to be in the top ten, but I just don't know where they could be. The fastest they could be at the bottom of it. Yeah, struggles for BMW, just like in their World Superbike season as well. Dawn, sort of from a, a different age group, I guess, in the Superbike class. I noticed Franco Born's performance is a. Uh, definitely improving since his uh, recent arrival into British Superbikes. He finished 13th, 12th and 12th again in the three, across the three races for Honda. You know, a bike that hasn't been great all season and obviously he's not been on the Superbike all season. What have, what have you made of him so far? Because he's really starting to impress me. Yes, definitely impressed me as well. And like you say, to get a 12th in a superbike race is is phenomenal. And I'm pretty sure that they'll keep him for next year. They'd they'd be daft not to because he'll be on a few teams' wish list, I I would have thought. Yeah, I I have the exact same thoughts with you. If if they don't keep him after what he did, especially this weekend, I think this is his first weekend where he secured points in all three races. I know he secured points at Fruxton, yeah. And Cadwell's notoriously tricky as well. And on a superbike, it'll be even trickier for him. And just the performances he put in were where Honda would expect to be, I guess. I don't know if Andrew Irwin would have done much better if he was on that bike, really. So I think... It's worth pointing out that Cadwell is right next to Honda's Honda Racing UK's base. Mm-hmm. So they will do a lot of testing around Cadwell. Ah, I had forgotten that, that. So he could have done some time out on the bike. Yeah. Before, okay. Stanley Kent had done, he said before he, he said he, because obviously he wasn't racing this week, but he said he'd already done a lot of, a lot of running, Cadwell and the Honda. 
Right, yeah, that would make sense if Franco has had some uh, sneaky track days there. And, uh, well, we know a lot of them have been there on track days. Yeah, yeah. they all have. <laughs> yeah, I think half of them have been there, yeah. But no, it, it's still, still, despite, you know, maybe some experience on there on a superbike or maybe even just a super stock, it's still good to see and it's showing his progress into these last stages of the season. Like you said, Dawn, they'd be daft not to keep him to, into next season as well. Um, just having a look through the order. Storm Stacy Jack, another younger rider who's really starting to come to form this season, two ninth places. What are you thinking of, of him at this point of the season? Because to be honest, there were points where in the past I've doubted Storm, but this season he's really sort of showing what he can do. Yeah, he... He, I don't know what he's doing for his starts, but he needs to keep them up because uh, it, it didn't matter where he started, he was always near the front end and even got the whole shot in the last race. I think the other problem he's got at the moment is probably because of his size and probably how much he's having to push the bike to try and stay with the front guys. He's just wearing the, the tyres out a little bit too much. So I think that's the, just the one area they need to work on for now, probably some straight line speed. But I think it's clear to see that he was probably the best, probably the riding the hardest out of all of them maybe and he was just showing his talent and parts of the bike would work he was making it he was really fast in sector two for example and I think he's just showing his talent and hopefully he can get a, a decent seat for next year and he can hopefully show his talents on a bike that is capable of race wins and podiums. See that's what I was going to ask you as well like obviously I think we all would agree that we believe Storm deserves to move up to, I don't want to say a better team, because that's a rude to the team he's in, but up to a more established team in, in Superbikes. Um, but do we think there are any that will be available? Or do you think now, after we've seen Jason move to Kawasaki, anything could happen at this point? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, never, we'll have to wait and see. I won't be surprised if Storm stays another year, because of, yeah, you can tell he's extremely happy where he is. And I think the team will probably try their best to improve the package. We just have to wait and see, but I'm just hoping at least in the next couple of seasons he can be on a package that uh, is good enough for him to fight for, a, you know, try and get his first wins and podiums. Because I think if it's in wet conditions, I think that's definitely possible. Because we've seen how fast he's been in, in the wet, but I think in the dry he just needs, um, hopefully he can just go to that next level at some point. Yeah, I think the team has definitely improved the package for this season. When you look at it as well on track, it just seems that a little bit better for him. But I'm sure within the next few seasons, we'll see him in one of the more uh, established PBMs or OMGs up, up in that sort of ranks. Maybe even FS3 when uh, Jason, call, if Jason calls it a day anytime soon. Um, just looking through some other results. Christian Iden said it himself, a rather average weekend. Three seventh places. Still, put points and points, I guess, when he is where he is on the, on the standings. Dawn, I'll ask you about Ryan Vickers. Only took part in two races, crashed out of the second one, uh, finished third in the first race. Still riding this wave of good form he had been on up until his, his crash, obviously. But um, is he still continuing to impress you despite his, his crash in race two? Oh, definitely. And like you said, if he hadn't have crashed, I'm sure he'd have been on the podium in all three races. It was just so unfortunate. And we never actually saw what happened. Uh, the TV camera didn't show. They just sort of showed him when he was going into the, the tyre wall sort of thing. But 
yeah, such a shame. And I just hope he'll be okay for Alton Park. Yeah, um, still eighth in the championship, still catching uh, Josh Brooks, who's just ahead of him. Very fast, uh, 13 points between them. No, excuse me, 13 points between them. So I think by the end of the season, if FHO and BMW haven't sorted themselves out, then Ryan will be in the top seven in in the championship, especially with uh, the likes of Donington Park still to come, where... uh, Ryan sort of burst onto the scene this season, really, uh, after his injuries at the start of the season. Um, anything else worth mentioning from the Superbike class before we move on? Or shall we just move straight over to uh, British Supersport? Um, Dawn, I'll, I'll go straight to you uh, with talking about McAdam. Obviously, both riders were back this weekend, Max and Tom, sort of sum up for us how they did uh, across the weekend really yeah it was definitely a positive round for the team all the team were really happy um tom had a really exciting feature race uh, he could have possibly come away with a, a second place or third but um he had a little bit of contact with another rider on the the final corner it was a bit of shut your eyes but tom was so fast in the feature race it was it was really good to see so he was just been a bit unlucky but he knows the pace was there and, you know, had luck been on his side, he'd, he'd definitely been on the podium. And Max did phenomenal, saying he'd been out for four rounds. He had a little um, electrical issue in the sprint race. It caused him to actually go off track. Um, but he finished uh, 15th in that race and then finished ninth in the feature race, which was just, you know, I don't think anybody was really expecting it. So him to be so fast. So, yeah, we're looking forward to Alton Park now see what you can do there uh obviously don tom is fifth in the championship with uh three rounds to go um i think good first season for tom to make his full debut in british super sport yes i do because it's you know it's been difficult he hasn't been to every circuit going so it's been a learning curve and i think some circuits such as cadwell and Thruxton have been a little bit of a shock to him you know he's heard the, the stories about it but yeah definitely and I think that um, next year he should be able to really fight for the championship definitely Is that a little exclusive that you're staying with McAdam or? I honestly don't know <laughs> ah. <laughs> Okay it was worth asking in case you let anything just slip then um, Jack staying in the in the super sport route. It seems that Ben Curry and the Oxford Products Moto Rapido Ducati team have really found something in British Super Sport now. They've won the last what's that, the last four races in a row they've they've won. Obviously, do you think they're just tracks that uh suits him or do you think he's just finally clicked with, with the bike? I think it's a combination of many things. I think the biggest thing is actually the fact that he's only had one DNF this season and he's had a and he had the second race where he went off the track, but then came back to finish about 10th. And I think that's really been the key for his success. And now he's just, he's, all he's got to do now is just pretty much ride around and keep finishing on the podium. And he'll basically lift that championship trophy that's eluded him for so many years. And I feel like uh, the the V2 Ducati is just, you know, the team are understanding it better. He's understanding it better. Um, and it's just, coming a really solid package that is really hard to beat. Yeah, obviously 44 points lead now over Reese Irwin. 
Um, that we said, it seems like the other two Kawasaki's have stayed for the booth. Amos are out of the, the, the running now, really, for the championship. Dawn, have you been impressed the last couple of rounds with how sort of Ben's handled races? Yes, definitely. He's really come into his own. And, you know, we all know he's a great, you know, racer, but he's really gelled with the team, the bike, and and seems really happy, which you know, equals success sometimes. So, yeah, he's finally found his, you know, his happy place there. So, Yeah, I have to ask as well, Reese Irwin, um, uh, crashed in the first race out of a, a good position, really. His championship challenge now slipping away, obviously 44 points behind. You a bit, a bit sort of good, I guess, for his championship challenge to see him crash out of that? Yeah, that was a shame, really, because he's been doing so well, you know, but these next, you know, three rounds, you've got to stay on your bike. If you want to win that championship, no mistakes, no nothing, you, you've got to stay on the bike. So, yeah, it, it was unfortunate because he's done so well. You know, it's a shame sometimes in the latter part, sometimes this can happen, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I I think he'll stay up there and he'll definitely be up in the, the, the top three come the end of the season. But it's just whatever Tom Booth Amos and um, Luke Stapleford do from here and how their uh, season continues from here on out. Because they've been up and down really the last couple of weekends, which... Sort of didn't expect at one point, but we'll see how it, it goes for them. Um, it's worth speaking about the National Superstock Championship as well, I think, this weekend. Um, Tim Neve has been, I guess, substituting for Franco Bourne while he's been substituting in Superbikes. And Jack, obviously, he left McCams earlier on this season. <laughs> what did you think of Tim this weekend? He had his sort of baptism of fire last weekend at Fruxton and then this weekend has gone on to win at Cadwell. Yeah, I mean, it's not a full win because he obviously didn't cross the line in first place, but uh, I think it's sort of sort of our racing, sort of shows our racing is you can go from being at the lowest of lows and then it just takes a couple of meetings and all of a sudden you're back on top of the world. So I feel like it's his home circuit. He's on a bike. His brother knows very well, so I'm pretty sure uh, Tom would have been telling him all the all the advice. And plus, Harvey uh, has a lot of influence on that team as well. So I'm pretty sure they would have the data for when Tom was racing in the in the class. And I feel like Tim's just in a much happy place and a happy rider as a as a fast rider. So hopefully, if he continues to race in the team, it's depending on what Franco does with Andrew Irwin, depending on when he comes back. Hopefully, if Tim does any more rides, he can keep fighting for that race win. Yeah, it, it was good to see, especially where after uh, the video he released when he left McCann, sort of saying he wasn't enjoying his ride, and it's good to see, hopefully, now that now that he's back in a different environment, in a sort of less pressured environment, I guess, that he will hopefully be enjoying his, his riding even more now. I guess it's also worth mentioning about the championship standings. Dan Linfoot still leads the way uh, from Richard Kerr in second and Alistair Seeley in third place is how Superstock looks. Um, anything else worth mentioning from the British Superbike paddock before we look towards MotoGP this weekend? Maybe the Billy McConnell-Tolbert incident. Yeah, I 
didn't actually see that incident. So what happened, Jack? Talk us through it. Uh, so you know, like Lee Jackson, he was sort of the, the the rider who would always pass into Charlie's one. Yeah. Change of direction from left to right. Well, Billy, I think attempted that, but unfortunately, as he went to turn right, the bike sort of had a bit of a slide and just completely slid into Tolbert and knocked him off, sending him into the into the barriers. Thankfully, it seems like he's unharmed. The bike was in a bit of a state there when obviously Billy ended up getting a penalty, which he fully accepted. And he won the race, but unfortunately, due to a 10-second time penalty, he actually still managed to finish fourth. So just have to wait and see what's going on. But I feel like it's sort of a, a rare mistake by Billy. Yeah, and he'd been doing all right at Froxton as well. So obviously yeah. his form, I guess, is, I guess, carrying over, especially since crossing the line in first place. So maybe he's one to watch in this latter stage of the championship as well. Um, let's move over to this weekend with the MotoGP championship. And there's a bit of housekeeping we should probably do first with uh, rider moves that have happened, adding more to the silly season. So I guess straight away we'll talk about Marco Bezzecchi because there was a lot of rumours that he was going to go to Pramac. And then he came out and said that he wanted to stay at VR46. Jack, he has ultimately decided to stay at VR46 for his third season in MotoGP. Do you think that is the correct move for Bezzecchi? I would say so because it means that he's in a that the environment and the team is extremely good. There's he doesn't. I mean, obviously he's not going to get the full on GP twenty four Ducati, but the GP twenty three Ducati, I'm pretty, I'm most certain will be competitive enough to challenge for the title next year anyway. And I just feel like for Bez in this stage, he's still quite new to the class, so it's better to just stay in the right in the same environment where he knows everybody, everybody knows him and everything's he's got a good relationship than going somewhere else where things might not be the same environment. So I feel like just for now it's a it's a it's the right move. Yeah no I, I, I do get that. Dawn, are you of the same opinion that it's the right decision from Bez to stay out of year forty six? Yes, definitely. And I think he'll be a strong contender this year, definitely. But I think another year with that team, yeah, definitely. Best decision. I guess I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate just because of where Bez is in the championship and sort of the move to Pramac may have benefited him more in a sense of getting that factory seat in the future. Was it only, I didn't actually see the sort of, nitty gritty of the details was it just a one year deal he's signed on for for no idea i don't think it said actually Uh, yeah because i didn't see anything about it hold on i will do a quick google from memory so yeah because my uh yes for 2024 my argument was gonna be if he went to pramac for 2024 uh bastianini's contract with factory ducati runs out at the end of 2024 season and if he doesn't adapt into a factory setup next season, obviously he's had the injury this season, so I'll let Bastianini off on that sense. But if he doesn't adapt next season, then I think maybe being on a factory bike already and probably being involved in a little bit of development would have put Bears in good stead to try and replace um, Bastianini even quicker um, and put him in a better place for development-wise and all that. 
where we've seen Bastianini maybe struggle this season at the start. Um, but part of me not playing devil's advocate says it's the right decision to stay in an atmosphere that you like. Uh, so I can see the positives and negatives of of both sides of of the decision. Um, I guess it keeps the door open for Morbidelli as well to try and yeah. get that that Pramac ride. So that's the other the the other side of it as well. Um, obviously, that's the main thing from MotoGP. Also, MotoGP it seems Taka Nakagami is going to stay with LCR. Sort of, I think we all expected it. Really, been the most consistent Honda, like we said. Really, the only one that stays on the bike. So expected. No, not you know groundbreaking news there. Um, bit of Moto Two news, really. Empty helmets are going to take over from Pons in the Moto Two class. Um, we'll be sad to see Pons leave the championship because of how long they've been around. But it'll be good to see empty helmets. Uh, expand their, their reach from Moto3 into to, to Moto2 as well. Um, staying with the, the Moto2 side of things, we've also got news on Joe Roberts. He is leaving Italtrans and going back to the American racing team. Dawn, what do you make of that? Do you see it almost as a bit of a... He's accepted defeat from his move to Italtrans because originally he moved there to try and challenge for the championship. He replaced... Bastianini, if I'm not mistaken, who won the championship there. So do you think he's almost sort of accepted he won't win a championship now in Moto2? Yeah, it's hard to say really, but I think it's a good move for him. It's a shame for Sean Dylan Kelly. I like him, he's a good rider, so we don't really know where he'll be going. Perhaps he may be moving back to America, who knows. But yeah, I think this is going to be his last chance saloon move and just to see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. Back with Hopper. Was, yeah, sorry, and I interrupted you there with, with with saying that. Um, sort of back to a familiar surroundings. I know you just said last chance sort of move. I'd thought as well maybe that we would see him go back to America at the end of this season. So do you think? I don't know how long he signed for. It's probably a one year deal in in Moto Two. Do you think? If it doesn't work at American Racing, we will see him go back to say a Mototo America route next, uh, not next season in twenty twenty five potentially. Yes, or maybe even a World Superbike ride. A lot yeah. of them seem to like to go to that route first, so yeah, I do think he will have to do something next year. Yeah, he will need to impress, and really, uh, I guess it's not. The American racing team aren't in a great place on track at the moment. You can see that. And I don't know if it is Rory adapting and Sean Dillon Kelly was still sort of getting to grips with it all as well because Marcus Ramirez came in last time out and did okay for them. But there's the whole thing of it's maybe not as good a team as Italtrans. But hey, it means there is a ride open at Italtrans now for, for someone to take, hopefully, from Meta Free. Jack, what are your thoughts on Joe Roberts going back to... American racing team, bit of a shock move for you, or do you think it was sort of one that if he was going to go to any team, it would have been American racing team? Yeah, I think it, I've pretty much from the moment his season started, it wasn't the same as last year. I thought, I thought most likely if he's going to go anywhere, it's going to be American racing because we saw in twenty twenty was actually very competitive at most of the circuits, and I feel like, yeah, and if you. Remember the last season at Barcelona, he was actually, he had a massive lead and he crashed. So I feel like Joe, he's a race winner. He can, 
be really fast when the bike and himself work. And I feel like maybe just the Italian trans squad and him didn't just gel the way it could have done, whether it was language barriers or something like that. But I feel like for the American racing team, there shouldn't be any of that issue. We saw what Cambobier did with the team. He could have easily won races and got podiums with the team, but just for whatever reason, they never materialised. So I feel like Joe, if Joe turns up and the team can give Joe what he wants and needs, I feel like, I don't think he'll be a championship contender, a full-blown championship contender, but if he can keep getting those consistent finishes that you need, I won't be surprised if he has like some form of dark horse for next year. Okay, yeah. I, do you know what? I do see that side of it as well, actually. There is the two sides of Joe Roberts that could turn up, I guess. It could either not work, and he goes towards the bikes or back to Moto America, like we were saying, Dawn, or like you said, Jackie, could be a dark horse for next season. So I guess we can't write him off just yet, especially with the influence back with Hopper, where it seemed to be their relationship seemed to be really good last time out as well, and Rory as well, his relationship there. So yeah, has, yeah, I, I do see that side of it, and hopefully things work for him on his move back there next season. Um, also, I guess, bit of MotoGP, bit of Moto2, Pedro Acosta, Jack, you pointed out before we started that uh, his goal is to go to KTM. So that route, but he hasn't, nothing is signed yet. Was was that sort of the line that was said? He wants to go there, but nothing signed? Yeah, I think that's when he was he was having to do the MotoGP fantasy and that's what he was he was asked about and that's what he said. But I still, in the back of my mind, I've still got the thought that obviously if KTM physically can't move anybody out, there's still that Christine in Pramac seat open and if you can't get on KTM which was his number one goal you're not going to turn down a Ducati seat at, at any point especially if it could be a GP24 so uh, I feel like that is definitely the the second option that they're, they're weighing up as well yeah and you'd be silly if you are Ducati to not sign Pedro Acosta if that is an option especially onto a Pramac seat and move Morbidelli to Grassini um so yeah, still not fully decided on the Acosta side of things and worth one keeping an eye on uh, towards the, uh, the the future rounds and maybe an announcement will come soon because we're at that stage of the season now. Um, Moto3, just uh, things like Stefano Nepa staying at MTA next season, uh, Almansa will be going to Snipers. And it seems like snipers have also let slip that Bertelli is going to be staying with them next season as well, since there was a photo of him, uh, a, it looked like a recent photo of him, in Almansa's press release. So that was probably a mistake, and they've jumped the gun on that one. But that's the, I think that's everything from the last time I checked before we started recording, of everything on the MotoGP side of things on rider transfers and rumours. But this weekend, obviously, the Catalan GP... Jack, we were talking before we started, could be wet for MotoGP. We were saying there's never been, uh, a, well, you pointed out, rightly so, that there's never been a wet MotoGP race uh, at Catalonia. Do you think that will add a, a little bit of something extra to the championship now that it seems that Peko's sort of starting to run away with? Or do you still expect Peko in the wet to be right there at the front? I still expect Becker to be at the front. We saw he was like in, in, in the really miserable conditions at Silverstone. He was, he had the, he had the problem in the sprint race, but they immediately fixed whatever that problem was. So 
in the wet this season, apart from the sprint race in Silverstone, he's been in the top five pretty much every wet session. So I feel like the Peko consistency will stay. It'll just be an interest of seeing who will be the ones that can um, fight to the top, should it be worse. Yeah. Would you expect Alicia Spiagro to be to be up there if he can count the amount of laps correctly this time? If it's wet, no. I don't see Alicia as a wet weather rider. But if it's dry, I'm expecting the Aprilia's to be probably the strongest manufacturer. Okay, I only ask about Aleish after Silverstone, obviously, and his, his his performance there. But yeah, if it's dry, the the Aprilia's will will most likely be joining the party. Um, Dawn, I was gonna say, do you reckon the wet would level it for Fabio? But I don't think he's a great wet weather rider, and but he normally goes well at Catalonia. So do you yeah. think that something could happen for him if it's dry? Uh, no, not really. I just don't seem to have the confidence that he's going to do anything. No. I think he'll have it if he can have a decent qualifying, but it'll be the, but the problem is just, just the start is really, a really long run into turn one. Yeah. So I think that'll be the, the one problem. But I feel like Fabio will probably have a strong weekend in terms of pace. He might have the strongest race pace or something like that, but it'll just depend on his qualifying. And maybe Fra- Frankie as well, he can be fast at Catalonia. So we'll have to just wait and see how Yamaha perform. Yeah, I'm a bit like you, Dawn, in the sense of I just don't have the confidence yeah, in Yamaha. <laughs> like I just don't. Yeah, I just don't see. Um, I don't even see a, a, a podium really, unless there's some extraordinary circumstances towards the end of this season. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure. The one person I do think will be stand out is Jorge Martin. He has said some big words in the press recently of uh, it'll be me and Brad Binder and he, fighting Pecco and he said, I am I am one of the strongest riders on this grid. I will fight Pecco for this championship. Jack, do you think that is just the, the classic talk of a, of a confident rider or do you think Martin can stay in this championship fight for the rest of the season? He's got to... Well, he's got to start beating Paco. He's got to be more consistent than he has been. He has beat Paco in a one-on-one battle, so he has got that card. But his form around Barcelona in the past years have not been the greatest. So we will just have to wait and see how it goes. In my mind, I don't think he'll be the strongest rider. I think that'll be a leash if it's dry. Um and then you just have to wait and see. But I think, obviously, Martin will be in top five. He'll be in that top five battle of, with all the Ducatis. He'll just be the... I just feel like Pecco is just on such a, a high level right now. It's going to be hard to topple him. Yeah, I, I think I'll agree with you there. And Dawn, I think we spoke last week about uh, Martin's consistency. Just needs to improve. If he wants to fight for this championship, really, and I think that's where Bez has the upper hand. And I, f- I don't know if it's a bit of mind games, really, from Martin to say that Bezeki won't be able to hold on to this championship challenge now. If it's a bit of a thing from Martin that he's worried Bez is going to take second place off him, do you think with the races we have left, Bez could finish runner up to Peko? Yes, quite easy. I really do. Yeah, I think Martin is just probably playing mind games and. 
you'd have to say Bezeki is a bit more consistent than Martin. So definitely, I'd say it'd be uh, Peko and then Bezeki for the championship for one and two. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the smart money, really, for the, the remainder of this season. Um, let's jump into some predictions, shall we, for this weekend on who we think is going to finish where. Well, I mean, the, the race winners for the, the classes. Um, Jack, I'm going to put you on the spot as always, and I'll jump straight in with you with the Moto3 race winner at Catalonia. Any um, ideas? If it's dry... I'll go for Ayumu. I think he can finally get his first win. If it's wet, I'll go with Dennis Onchu. Uh, wet Onchu and dry Sasaki, yes. Yes, okay. Uh, Onchu, wet. Uh, Dawn, who are, who are you going with for the Moto3 race? Uh, Onchu. Both conditions or? Both. Yeah, fair enough. He's he's really is coming on strong at the moment. <sighs> now, do I go the same, or do I go different? The thing is, if you if you go for who I'm thinking you're gonna go, it means he'll won't win. Yeah. It means he won't finish. Actually, yeah. What it will mean? It won't. It will be even worse than that, Jack. He just <laughs> he just won't finish the race. Um. And I was just looking at him, and I was just looking at the results from last year to try and figure out where I think he'll be. Um, so I'm going to go completely different, and I'm going to go Ortola. I'm going to throw his name out there, and he will not finish the race now. So Just a thought, uh, any of us actually ever said Danny Holgado was going to win a race? I did think about him, actually. I think everyone, we all just keep forgetting about him, and he just turns up and wins. I don't think I forget about him. I think I just... Rule him out before it starts, which really isn't wins or get second or third. Yeah, I'm just trying to find our predictions because I'm sure someone might have been you, Dawn, predicted he would be the sort of dark horse for the championship. Yeah, you did. So I guess there's that side of it. You've (laughs) you've gone for Holgado, but no, I don't think any of us have predicted he'll win a race. And I'm going to keep with that and not predict your winner yeah. race. Um, the Moto2 race then, Jack. Are you going with Pedro Acosta? No. Oh, who are you going with? If it's dry, I'm going to go with Firmino Aldeguer. Oh, that's different. I think because it's, I see Barcelona and Silverstone being quite similar. Okay. So I feel like Aldeguer would just use that momentum from Silverstone and probably use that to his advantage. And if it's wet? Tony Arbolino. Oh, properly going out there with, with Tony Arbolino. Is that purely... Why Tony Arbolino if it's Because he's undefeated wet. in wet conditions in a race. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. About well, him. Maybe not undefeated, but... <laughs> since, since, since Chang, any, any wet condition is usually first. Okay. Okay. He won Chang, he won... Um, Termas, so yeah, right. bring it out of the bag. Yeah, yeah, I, fair enough. Dawn, who are you going with for for Moto Two? I'm going to go Lopez. Oh, okay. You have a speed up, okay. And Arbolino if it's wet. Okay, 
Okie doke. I'm guessing that the same reasons as, as Jack. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Ooh, Moto 2. Ooh. If it's dry, Vietti's doing two in a row. I forgot about Vietti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about how good yeah. we did there last year. Yeah, he, he did win there last season, just. Um, if it's wet... I didn't say who it would be if it was wet in Moto Three. Oh, I'll totally will win them both. Um, oh, I'll match you guys and go Arbelino if it's wet. Or no, I won't. I'm going to go Salach actually if it's wet. It's my my call. Um, the Moto GP Sprint Race, Jack. Who are your thoughts for that? Sprint. The sprint. Um. I'm just trying to remember from people's form. It's quite, I think because you can't go for last season at all because of the turn one massacre. Yeah. Um, I think really, I'm conv- I'm convinced if it's dry, Leach will win the, the, the Grand Prix. Okay. I'll put that in now. I just don't know about the sprint. If it's wet, if it's a long, if it's the GP's wet, I'd go with... Um, I'll go with like an Alex Marquez. Okay. No, 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 I'll, no, I'll change that. I won't go Alex, but I'll go Marini. I'll go completely out there. They won there in Moto. And if it's sprint, like sprint, I'll just go Pecco in the dry and Miller in the wet. Okay. I also, I also like that from you as well. Um, Dawn, your side. Where do you think? Who do you think will win the MotoGP Sprint Race? Brad Binder. Is that either conditions? Yeah. Yeah, I assumed that would be the case. Um, oh, sprint Race, Jack. You're right. You can't. I was looking at the results from last season, and I was like, "Why has all these people crashed out?" And then I remembered Taka decided to just go for it into turn mm. one, and it happened. Um, oh, Sprint Race. I'm going to go Bezeki in either conditions. It's my just signed a new contract. Going to be on good confidence. I'm going with him. In the main Grand Prix, Jack, you've said Alessia Spargo in, in the dry and Marini in the wet. So, Dawn, for the main Grand Prix, who do you think? Uh, if it's dry, Peko. If it's wet, Bezeki. Okay, yeah. Dry, Peko, wet, Bez. Um, who can I go that's completely random for this? Um, there's one person that comes to mind in wet conditions or flight to flight conditions if he's willing to watch. Marquez, mm. I thought you were going to say that. I'm not going to say Mark Marquez. Um, I'm going to say Martin if it's dry, if he finishes. Um, and in the wet, who goes well in the wet? Oh, God. Um, Johan Zarco, if it's wet. <laughs> for a right one out there. Yeah, he's going to get a win uh, before he goes to Honda. It's going to happen this weekend if it's wet. Um, probably won't, but oh well. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else to say after those those predictions. I think they wrap it up 
quite nicely. Um, I guess we'll see this weekend how far out or how close we really were. Let's hope there are some surprises that uh, we have thrown in there. But thank you both for joining me once again. Uh, All of our social media will be down in the description of wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you very much for listening and see you next week. Goodbye.